live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, broadcasting from our headquarters here in Old Town, Alexandria, on a very bright but brisk, sunny day in looking over the nation's capital. And I am so grateful that you have joined us today. We have a very, very special podcast, as we always have a very special podcast with each Fight for Good podcast. And we're grateful for you taking a few moments of your day uh, to give us a listen. And today with me, as always, my left and right hand, my left and right foot, our editorial director, Mr. Jeff McDonald. Greetings, Colonel Foley. Good to be with you. Well, I must say, and to our our listeners, uh, we are now, when we make these uh, podcasts, we are now able to see each other. And you're like, well, couldn't you see each other before? Yes, but not really, because we didn't have the means when we started recording these remotely during the pandemic uh, to see each other. But now the technology with the software that we software platform that Elizabeth has discovered for us allows us to see. And you all need to know that Mr. McDonald just looks very distinguished today. He looks very editorial-like with a trying, nice Trying, trying. Image is everything, right? It's it's all about the image. Yeah. It's all about the image. <laughs> uh, someday I'm going to come and I'm going to wear a nice sweater like you. That, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be nice. But I can't. Well, you have the authentic look. It's the law. Look. <laughs> you have the authentic look for us, you know. I, I do. The official. Also, also, I'm looking at the left box, and I see our smiling and happy Elizabeth, who is our producer. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. And Elizabeth, I, I told you offline, you uh, you have a fan <laughs> out there somewhere in mid-America that <laughs> is asking me if we would just put these podcasts together visually so they could just see what you look like. <laughs> I just like people to pretend that I look like George Clooney, you know, but yeah, that's whatever. <laughs> However, I do get on occasion, Jeff, I do get the, hey, you look like Dennis Quaid thing. I, I have that. I can see that. That's so true. Uh, I, I get that quite a bit. And then I say, well, yeah, it makes sense. thank you very much. Did you like me in my latest episode? And anyway, <laughs> Jeff. Yes, sir. You have... Something that we've been doing is uh, you've been pulling these quotes out of the air. So I always look forward to the quotes. And when I go back and review the podcast after Elizabeth does all our editing and before we give the final thumbs up, I'm always I'm like, I'm really glad we started doing this. What do you have for us today? It's, It's in keeping with our special guest today and the subject we'll be dealing with. This is from Aristotle, of all people. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Ooh. There it is. Succinct, that is you know. Very... But we know that. I think you should you should throw more Aristotle, more Plato, more Socrates <laughs> into this. I think that will, that will yeah, take... Not Nietzsche, though. I won't go to Nietzsche. Up. I'll stay away no, from Nietzsche. No, you better not. No, we're staying okay. away from yeah. Nietzsche. And Thomas Paine, he's... Questionable. Sorry. Thomas Paine. 
Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to quote from common sense. Oh, well, yeah. He's a notorious, you know, atheist. This is, this is true. It's uh, well, anyways, in today's podcast, we are really thrilled to be, uh, to have, to have the opportunity to speak with our guest today. And with us is Daniel Kennedy. Now, Daniel is the researcher, creator, and director of a new seven-part docuseries that's now streaming on Apple TV Plus and also on Amazon Prime, and it's called Healthy Long Life. This explores keys to health while aging through interviews with the world's top aging doctors and experts, Michelin five-star chefs, cancer survivors, and healthy centenarians, which, you know, Jeff, you and I, we're pushing on. The silver hair is the here. Need some advice, yeah. uh, Our memory and our hearing is going. And we brought this young man in here today specifically to help us, you know. uh, But, Daniel, we welcome you to the Fight for Good podcast. We're excited uh, to have you here. And like I said, it's our honor to have you. So welcome aboard. Well, thank you so much for having me today. And and I was just debating what my very first statements on your podcast would be. And I didn't want it to be something like how handsome you are, uh, Colonel Foley. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm just looking into a, a cross between George Clooney and Dennis Quaid and thinking, my goodness, it can't get better than that. So thank you. <laughs> and Jeff, what a dapper dresser well. you are today that's amazing <laughs> yeah, thank so you. so glad to be with you and uh you know i loved your quote let's take it back to to ancient greece that's when intelligence pretty much hit the peak and stopped and it's been downhill since then <laughs> and you know we've had just an amazing amazing uh person back in ancient greece which was hippocrates and so many of the things that he said and taught and believed or might be attributed to him wrongly, but you know, uh, we we still do. They stand firm today, which is amazing because Hippocrates uh, lived a good 350 years before Jesus Christ, who came to straighten it all out. Uh, but Hippocrates, you know, said profound things, and one which is quoted over and over and over again, and it's said throughout my docu series, Healthy Long Life. From experts around the world, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. Uh, That's so important. And the reason to me why it's so important, I discovered this. Did you know that medicine does not promote health? Tell me what medication you take that actually makes you stronger. See, medicine fights back disease. Let's say that you have pneumonia. So you have uh, a bacterial infection in your lungs causing pneumonia. You know, if you don't take antibiotics, you could definitely die. There's no doubt of that. But you take the antibiotics to fight back the disease. You don't come out of the, the situation with stronger lungs, do you? No. So you have to do things to promote your health. You might see in the camera, the viewers or the listeners can't, but I'm doing pet therapy right now. With This is my guest star, Macy. Hey, Macy, Macy. He, hey. he loves he loves the interviews. Well, he, he just comes up to be on my lap, you know, but that's having a calming effect on me, uh, pet therapy. So I'm doing something as we talk to promote health. I'm not taking medication. 
I have little Macy here keeping me uh, company. And I believe, Jeff, you're supposed to make us laugh. The laughter <laughs> boosts the immune system incredibly. So we could actually have a session right now of promoting health that involves no medication whatsoever, but the science is there. Uh, you know, Google's uh, scholarly articles for laughter in the immune system, and you're going to find that it absolutely is uh, health promoting. Uh, you know, uh, Colonel Foley, you were talking about how we just seem to be in such a time of darkness, and we really need to talk about mental health. Uh, and we could tie that together with laughter. But you were also talking about nutrition, and that's so true. Something that I found out from a number of doctors, and then I looked it up to, to learn more, I didn't know that the majority, like 90% of the serotonin that's produced on our body is produced in the gut, you know, and serotonin is one of the most important uh, hormones as far as depression and anxiety goes. And so our gut health, what we're eating to promote a healthy gut is going to have a direct impact on how we're feeling uh, mentally and emotionally. So lots of incredible things. God made us so incredible. It's just amazing. You know, something, Daniel, that I'm seeing recently, just like in the last month or so, I keep seeing the, uh, the benefits of just drinking water more and more. You know, it's like I have, I have Christian friends that say, you know, worry less, drink more water. And just something as simple as, as making sure that you're taking in enough uh, hydrating yourself does something not only for your body, but it does something for your brain as well. Yeah, Daniel, this is such an enormous, it's a, it's a big and important subject we're dealing with. The army, you know, has a tradition of holiness and it, it ministers to the whole person, mind, body, spirit, you know, emotions. Yes body, spirit, um, recognizing the founder of the army, William Booth said, you must first give a man some, some soup before you can preach the gospel to him, you know? And I know that you have a background as a pastor as well. So you have a heart for people. Um, the, we're inundated today with all these messages about medicine and healthy living. And it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a labyrinth to cut through. At the same time, your um, series I really found fascinating and and really well done. Uh, you travel the world, you interview all people from different cultures, those who um, you know are experiencing long life and what that means and how they promote health. So you know that, that was really an ambitious ambitious task that you undertook. Tell us how did you get into it? What led you to uh, take on this project? Well, I really had a, a professional inspiration. I had a personal inspiration or motivation. Uh, the professional one is that for the last 28 years, I've been working at Oasis of Hope Hospital, which was founded by my grandfather in 1963 to provide care to the whole person, body, mind, and spirit, people that are facing cancer. Uh, and so that's what we've been doing for almost 60 years, I think about 58 years, but I've been at it since 1993. And I got to work side by side with my grandfather uh, for seven years uh, before he passed away. And so those were very formative years for me. But as I've, as a counselor and a pastor working with uh, thousands of patients and their family members over the years, what I've seen is this 
this desire for people to say, how can my family prevent cancer? And so, you know, the motivation of Healthy Long Life, it's really focused on preventive medicine and what can we do uh, because there's this gap of what medicine can do. See, medicine, and really the most improvements have been in the area of hygiene, not medication, but, you know, that combination has been successful over the last generation of increasing our life expectancy. And so the United States enjoys a pretty long life expectancy, almost 80 years. It's something like 79.8 years is what you could expect to live if you're born in the United States today. But the CDC also measures a term that was new to me, which was or is the healthy life expectancy. Like, what's the difference? Well, those are the years that you should expect to live in good health. So life expectancy is 79 years. Healthy life expectancy is only 69 years. So that means there's a 10-year gap of health in your life. You're going to spend 10 years suffering with pain, medical expenses, and my question is, well, is there something we can do to fill the gap that medicine is not, you know, bridging? Daniel, you know, I was looking for something to worry about today. You just gave it to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, but, but, I, but, you know, looking at your series and success, again, your, that was my mission. Make people worry. <laughs> it's, yeah, right. No, but there's, a, there's answers. There's hope. <laughs> there, there's a seven part series. And again, it's, it's quite well done. Um, but, you also present the, the the scope of the problem that we spend ninety percent of healthcare dollars in the last phases of life. Is that right? And as you say, medicine is is fighting is is not preventative. It's it's trying to fight the disease. Um, so so you went on this path. Um, let's get first of all. Let's get this out of the way. How does faith impact health in your research? Have you found yes. that in your research? Yeah, well, I I decided to to interview uh, people that have survived cancer, uh, and Healthy Long Life features probably four or five stories. But I interviewed uh, fifty cancer survivors, and I asked them to make a list for me of the five top things that they did—not what their doctor did for them, but the five proactive steps they took to beat cancer. And 48 out of the 50, wow, that sounds so scientific, they answered <laughs> two things they had in common, faith and food. And so faith, what, what is the role that faith plays for them? They realized that they were facing a challenger that was bigger than them. They couldn't do it alone. So they had to believe uh, you know, in God for, for help. And There isn't a lot of science that explains the biochemical uh, function of faith. There's tons of studies out there that that show that there is a health benefit. You know, Duke University is probably one of the top producers of those studies, but they don't get into the actual physiology of what happens with faith. So I'm just going to have to share my my belief, and you're going to have to have faith that I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) What we do know is how thoughts affect our health. We know absolutely the pathways 
uh, and especially if we look at the fight or flight or the stress response, when you have a negative thought, uh, your your neurotransmitters are going to stimulate the hypothalamus that will communicate to the pituitary gland that will then tell the adrenal glands to release things like cortisol or epinephrine will be released uh, in your brain as well. So there's that direct from having a thought. And when you have positive thoughts, you get hormones uh, released that will boost your immune system. Negative thoughts will release hormones that over time, if you have chronic stress, will depress your immune system. But what happens before the cognition? And that's where I believe the faith comes in. If you have faith that you're not in this alone, but there is God, a higher power in your life uh, that is working on your behalf, even when you can't see it, that's going to affect the types of thoughts that you have. And it should shorten, it should shorten the amount of exposure you have to immune suppressing uh, hormones like cortisol. I'll give you an example. Um, Colonel Foley, you mentioned and I'm bringing this up the second time uh, about just this feeling of darkness. And throughout the pandemic, it's it's really come to uh, uh, you know an exclamation point that there there is so much darkness and there's so many crazy things happening. All the cancel cultures and it's like you don't want to say anything. Like doing this podcast is like walking through a minefield because. I may say something or you may say something that wants to get us canceled. So there's this feeling of darkness. And as I was perceiving that and, 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 you know, my devotions, my personal spiritual devotions can happen at any time from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. Because if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, that's my cue. And I listen to the Bible, uh, uh, you know, every night. And I was just feeling, you know, this this overwhelming awareness of darkness. And I just made one statement and it like was so powerful. All I said was, Jesus, you are the light. And that feeling of, of uh, anxiety due to the darkness just went away. So that's what I'm saying. If you have faith, this fortitude. It's going to affect your thoughts. I was able to cut the feeling of darkness and anxiety instantly by one statement, a statement of truth. Jesus, you are the light. You were talking about water. Jesus is living water as well. It's so amazing how the Bible is talking about health and teaching us about health, and we don't realize it because we need light. Our body produces vitamin D3 Vitamin D3 scientifically is one of the biggest protectors against COVID-19 and all other viruses. So I learned that from speaking to the experts as well. We need water, uh, the hydration, you know, 70 to 80% of all of us are dehydrated. I surely don't drink enough water. It's a challenge uh, to do that. So I, I find it, you know, amazing that we need water, we need light, and we need air. And you find all of that. Uh, in God. Jesus is the light. He's the living water. And when God created us, we weren't alive until he did what? Until he breathed into us. He gave us life through breath. So that was the oxygen, the air that we breathe, you know, coming in. So it's amazing. The other, the, the other component too is we need each other, the community of saints, right? Even with, with uh, in and outside of the faith, 
during the pandemic, we've we've heard over and over, we're all in this together. Like we're all trying to flatten the curve and do this, that. And now we're seeing all these separations occurring again. And you're, you know, you're seeing different, uh, different opinions and different ways that go about it. But I think what you're trying to do here is just to, to keep us as individuals, keep us focused, like think about your well-being, both mentally and physically, and the longevity of your life, that there are, there are things that you can be doing now, uh, right now, that would add to that. So do you have like a, like a, a for our listeners, just like some advice to, to give folks on what can they do to, to better themselves, uh, to better their health, like almost instantly? Yeah, you know, I distilled uh, it down into maybe five main actions that you can take. Uh, but to just give you an idea of if you were to watch, if you were to binge watch my docu-series, it would take you uh, about five and a half to six hours. Um, but my interviews, what I actually filmed was about 110 hours. And so I edited down 110 hours to what I thought was the most important five to six hours. And now I'm going to edit that down to five speaking points. Um, and so I would say, you know, the first thing is go watch the docu-series. And all you have to do is visit my website, healthylonglife.com, healthylonglife.com. There's a button that says watch uh, docu-series now here. And it connects you directly so you don't have to guess how you're going to watch it. Um, and then there's also a button on healthylonglife.com where if you click it, it's going to offer you our free cooking app, which is called Healthy Long Life. It's available for Apple and Android, and it's got a lot of good healthy eating um, recipes and video demos. Uh, and it's also going to offer you free vitamin D3 and zinc, which our bodies need to com uh, combat all viruses. Um, so back to the, the five points. Colonel Foley, you mentioned the importance of us being connected together. When we were filming in Sardinia and also in Japan, you know, initially I was going to call my docu-series Eating Well, Living Long. I was convinced that it was just about food and that was it. But what I found was the importance of that connection, the social connection, the familial connection, and the spiritual connection. And that that became one of my five most important points about how to live a healthy, long life. Connections are so important. And I went deeper into it to find many studies that talked about the immune system and people that have social connections. So one way that it works is we I talked about the stress response from anxiety. The people that are involved in warm, friendly relationships have lower levels of anxiety. I guess you have somebody to spill the tea to or de-stress by sharing you know, the load. It's like, hey, call Jeff. If you're feeling bad, call Jeff and, and download all your stress on him. He can take it. Well, yeah. to, to kind of, so uh, to, I'm shaking as you speak. You know, not, not to not interrupt. I, I want you to keep your train of thought. But there was the ancient discipline of con confession in 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 the church, right? That we we confess our sins to one another, and and we've we've lost that fact 
But the nice thing about these two that I work with here is I get to kind of be Tim, uh, especially with Jeff. Uh, I get to be not, not, not Elizabeth's like, oh my goodness. But you know what I mean? I mean, I have a role that I have to play in my job and there's an expectation. But there's something very therapeutic, especially when I talk to these two that give me life and they, they, they bring me back up in a lot of different ways. So you're, you're hitting on a really, really key thing that I think is important in the Christian walk, how we're accountable to other people and we need to be accountable and that there's, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of money or other things that you have to do with that. It's just more of being transparent and, and being real and tying into the essence of who you are and who God has created you to be. When we talk about uh, confessing our sins to each other, that just sounds very scary. And, and we want to build up all these walls and we don't want people to know who we really are. We fear rejection. But in my experience, um, when we've had like men groups and we got to get together to, uh, you know, confess to each other, it's amazing the amount of relief that that comes over you when you just say, look, I've been struggling with this and I didn't get it right. And you hear two or three other men say, I've been dealing with that too. And, and you find out you don't want to confess to the wrong people. You need to be with people that love and care and are going to give you a non-judgmental response, right? So choose carefully and you sure don't need to, to blast it on Twitter. Uh, but in a, in a confidential manner, to be transparent and account, accountable to somebody, I agree with you. It brings tremendous relief. And that's so great for uh, you know mental health. So that social connection, the family connection is so important. And you know the pandemic has uh, caused so many uh, issues with family having cabin fever and having to deal with each other. Uh, but it's also a great opportunity of learning how to deal with each other. I know I'm a handful in my, I'm married and I have two uh, adult children that live with me, two daughters. So it's three, three ladies. And then it's myself and Macy's actually a boy dog. Macy sounds maybe like a girl, but so it's, we're the, the male and I'm not sure which one is the alpha dog. I think it's me, but Macy thinks it's <laughs> it's him. But you know, they they have a lot to deal with with me, and and the pandemic has, you know, caused that. But I'll give you a, a personal thing. You know, we've been doing like more online church than physical meeting, and as a family, wow, we've grown so much because when we were going to our physical church here in San Diego, we go to church. I don't, I mean, it's not as bad as we just checked the box, but we just kind of went and then went to eat. But now we, we watch the sermon and we're in our home and well, first of all, we get to eat while we watch the sermon. That's, <laughs> that's wonderful. That yeah. is wonderful. The, the usher's not telling you, take those nachos out of the chapel. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> and then we get to interact with each other. And so we found a way to turn the pandemic into something positive in our spiritual life. So, you know, we're talking about connections. Uh, I would also share, you're going to learn by watching Healthy Long Life, uh, that, well, since medicine can't promote health, what does promote health? 
and you're going to find a lot of being active stories of being active and also uh you know the food we eat we also learn that excess and and i would say excess in food but really excess in anything excess emotional baggage excess stress that will take years off your life so getting rid of the excess in your life is really important and as i spoke to experts around the world and i spoke to the director of the department of nutrition for the world health organization in geneva switzerland i was blessed to speak to the director of nutrition for the department of the Israeli uh, Ministry of Health. I thought that was incredible to be in Israel and talk to the top government nutrition official. I spoke to a researcher at, in Max Planck Institute in Germany, and I spoke to professors uh, at the University of Beijing in China and also University of Delhi in India. Everyone had their idea of what we should be eating. Oh, I forgot I had a great interview at the University of Paris or Sorbonne with uh, Professor Corinne Clement. They all had their idea of what we should be eating. So it was a, a little bit different, but what they all agreed on is that we need to eat less than we're eating. That's probably not good news for our listeners today. <laughs> <laughs> eat less. <laughs> but that, uh, but that's, a, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great perspective too from, from an international uh, side. I mean, we could do a whole podcast about just the nutritional components of uh, the failures and the positive things that we see in North America. But we can really learn a lot from watching uh, how people consume food in other parts of the uh, of the world and how that adds or it takes away from their health. That's so true. And, and I love the interview with uh, Professor Clement because she not only talked about the what of nutrition, but she talked about the how and the with whom. Uh, and I'm like, wow, because I asked her, you know, does the French paradox really exist? And she said, there's no science that supports that. But if we look just at the lifestyle in France, you know, and the French paradox, for those of you that maybe recognize the term but don't know what it is, is the, the diet in France traditionally has been a pretty high fat diet. Remember the three important ingredients for food in France is butter, butter, and butter. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so it's like, well, how can they eat so much uh, butter and things like that and have such a low incidence of cardiovascular disease? And so they explain it, well, there's other parts of the diet and, and red wine may, you know, play into that, but the science isn't locked down on that point. And Professor Clement said, you know, we look at food much differently than we do at uh, in the United States. In France, we look at food as being something that we do as a group, the family get together with friends. And, and she said, to this day in France, we still take two hours to eat lunch. And we don't look at lunch as a thing where we're on our iPad computer and iPhone trying to get the meal shoved down as fast as possible to get back to work and work while we're doing it. We actually disconnect and we choose people to have lunch with. So they're not eating by themselves at the desk. 
Does that sound familiar, anybody? Jeff? Colonel Foley. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I tend towards the towards introversion. So, yeah, I get it. Now you're starting to meddle there, preacher. Yes, Let's sir. get back to the, the good health thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My mask is on. My mask is dissolving <laughs> as you speak. I mean, weren't you just pre- uh, promoting confessing to each other? So, uh, uh, no, that was that was Elizabeth. Elizabeth was uh, she, Elizabeth can imitate my voice now. So I didn't finish that is. box of donuts. <laughs> There we go. So, you know, Professor Clement said, if if I invite people at the university to, to have lunch with me and they're going to speak about our research program, I'm not inviting them to lunch again. It, you know, and so in France, they just kind of know, don't talk shop. When you're at lunch, it's a real break. And and so that stress can, can de-stress during the day. Stress and inflammation are directly correlated. That's kind of redundant. Directly correlated. Is there undirectly correlated? I think not. But stress we'll that leads out. to inflammation, which leads to cardiovascular. Thank you. <laughs> cardiovascular diseases. And so here's a way that in France they de-stress. They t- take two hours for lunch and they go and talk about anything except work. And they're eating over those two hours. And I said, don't eat so much. Their portion size are small, but they, they nibble. They eat over those two hours in a slow pace. And uh, honestly, being raised in the United States, I can't do that. I'm like, my plate is done in 10 minutes. And I'm like, now what? I may as well serve more food. You know, so we're, we're overeating because we're eating too fast. And we're not using the meal as a, a an opportunity to interact with each other. And you know, so what you were saying, Colonel Foley, that was one of my objectives to get a a world view and not be stuck in just what we do here in the United States. Uh, and I wanted that because in the U.S., as many advances as as we've had, we still have over a million people die of cardiovascular disease a year. And, and uh, this year, we're expecting about 650,000 people to, to die of cancer. And so we may think we're doing a great job, but you know, maybe COVID-19 deaths has brought to our attention how many people are passing away. Uh, but that's on top of all of these cancer deaths and diabetes-related deaths, and much of this can be prevented. Which I mentioned to you this season of sorrow, um, and a lot of people that I know that have uh, colleagues of mine and uh, other dear friends that have passed away, they haven't passed away from the pandemic, from COVID-19. It's been related. It's been a lot of these different health things, cancers and heart issues and and things of that nature. So I think it's it's real because as you're talking, I'm just thinking, man, I married a very wise woman who looks at me when I'm pushing away from the table about ready to go get another serving of pasta. She's saying, "Mm, get that broccoli in you, kid. You know, (laughs) so there there are. That's a blessing. Yeah, it really is. But but you're 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 talking about some very important things that we we sometimes in the Christian faith we kind of like 
like to Christianize everything and go, well, you know, healthy worship, healthy this looks this way or whatever. But I really think this idea, again, getting back to what Paul's talking about, how our bodies are the temple, and we got to really, really think about what it is we're consuming, we're putting in to ourselves. And in the pandemic right now, do you feel like that all of that is just kind of like out the window uh, from what you're seeing, that people are kind of being loosey-goosey with, with their diets? Uh, well, there's there's two sides of that. You know, definitely there's the pan- pandemic 20 pound ad because we do turn to to comfort foods. I think nobody's making more money than the pizza industry delivery pizza right now. Uh, but also it's given a lot of people a chance to say, whoa, I gained 20 pounds. I need to do something about that. And people are really hungry. That's a funny way to say it for information about health and people are uh, many people are turning their lives around now during the pandemic. And I think that the pandemic has brought to the attention of people that getting healthy isn't just a good idea. Now it's necessary to preserve your life. And you were talking about how many of the people in this time of sorrow are passing away from heart disease or complications from diabetes and such. But the combination, if you are, uh, say, 20 to 30 pounds overweight, if you get COVID-19, the statistics say that you will not recover as well. You may not survive, uh, but your recovery will be much more difficult. So the science is uh, talking, and my experts on Healthy Long Life explain about the connection between comorbidity and not doing well with COVID-19. Comorbidity is when you have more than one health issue going on at the same time. And since most of us in the United States are uh, have a BMI of higher than 25, and it's really, really easy to have a BMI over the 25, um, most of us are overweight or obese, which means you know, if we get COVID-19, we're going to struggle more. So the number one thing you can do after, let's just say hand washing is important. Social distancing is important. Mask wearing is important. I'm not saying it's not, but losing weight is one of the most powerful things that you can do uh, to um, protect yourself against COVID-19 or recover better. Uh, And then we have a lot of deficiencies and the studies say that we need vitamin D3 and zinc and melatonin and quercetin. And so supplementing your diet during this time of the pandemic can be uh, very key as well. And that's why we're offering some of those supplements for free at healthylonglife.com. We really want to help people prevent illness. But one thing I, I, I think we have to talk about is genetics. You know, you were asking me, why did you film healthy long life? And I said there was my work motivation, the professional, but there was the personal. And the personal is this. When I was eight years old, my grandmother died of ovarian cancer. My grandparents had three children, my dad, my uncle, and my aunt. My dad had three types of cancer, but he passed away two years ago of congestive heart failure. Uh, my uncle died of pancreatic cancer. My aunt died of stage four melanoma cancer. So three out of three had cancer. Uh, The two brothers had kids. Uh, My aunt never had a child. So we were five, myself, my sister, and three cousins. 
out of the five, the very first born, my, my uh, cousin, he uh, has already had cancer. He's doing very well. Praise the Lord. But you would think, right, if you're doing a medical questionnaire, has anybody in your family ever had cancer? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. You would, you would come to the conclusion, cancer runs in your family. And so is that my destiny? And is that my children's destiny and my future grandchildren? Or is there something that I can do about it? And what I found by interviewing incredible doctors like Dr. Uh, Dean Ornish, I got to uh, interview from the University of California, San Francisco, and Dr. Michael Greger, who's the author of How Not to Die. What a great title. They talked about how you know healing foods can turn bad genes off. Uh, and then I talked to uh, my uncle, who's the oncologist at Oasis of Hope, who pointed to studies, and another oncologist out of St. Louis, Dr. Delia Garcia, who pointed to the fact that out of all cancers, only 10% are attributed to a cancer gene. And we're so programmed from the media to think cancer's all genetic. And if you have a cancer gene, there's no hope for you. But that's not true. I just did an easy fact check. I went to uh, cancer.org, the American Cancer Society, and looked up genes and cancer. And they have the studies right there. Only 10% of people that have cancer have an actual cancer mutated gene. What an opportunity. That means that 90% of my probability depends on what I do, not the genes I inherited. And what we find in Healthy Long Life is that we're not inheriting bad genes as much as inheriting bad habits. And so excellence, oh, tying back to the original quote, is a habit. It's a habit. So excellent health is a habit. You have to be proactive. And in the United States, our health is a passive or reactive model. Since the time we were born, we were raised to just go on your life. And when you're feeling bad, go to the doctor. He'll fix you. We need to change that. And Healthy Long Life is going to help give you the information to where health is no longer a passive or reactive model, but it is a proactive model. When you're in the pursuit of health and everything you do, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and health is so quick to develop and it's so fast to lose. Just think about your spiritual health. If you don't read the Bible for two weeks, you'll start to fall away from the Lord. But you can read the Bible for two days and you feel so much stronger. So we can do it. I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're already dealing with heart disease or diabetes or cancer. If you make a positive, easy change today, like stop smoking, you're on a path to health. Well, Daniel, you have given us a lot of things to think about and for our listeners to consider. And we're, I'm looking at you, Jeff, just saying this is amazing. And thank you for uh, finding Daniel and bringing him on to our Fight for Good podcast today. It's been delightful to be with you, Daniel. And uh, I appreciate your mission. And uh, it's a big subject. It's, it's an amazing age we live in with the, all the information we have access to. 
that we can actually use that to better our lives and to live more healthy. And what you said reminded me what the, the Army's mission is to is really a ministry of presence, like for disaster victims, et cetera, just to come alongside and be present. And I think that's something that you, you're, you resonate with in describing healthy living as being a part of a social network. Daniel, do you have any last uh, bits of advice uh, for our listeners? Well, I do want to make a comment on how much I appreciate the Salvation Army and what you're doing with this podcast and and your writings and, and really pursuing helping the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. And when I think of the mission of Salvation Army and the, and the history of the Salvation Army, the thing that comes to my mind is a passage in the Bible when Jesus uh, was exhausted from ministering to the crowds and he, he got on the boat to just have a little bit of, of you know, recharge time. And it says that the crowd followed on the a- edge of the lake, followed to where he arrived. And, and that's where Jesus got out of the boat. We know he was mentally and emotionally spent and he looks at the crowd and it says, and he was moved by compassion for the crowd. And that's what I think of when I think of Salvation Army, because the needs are exhausting, but the Salvation Army continues to march on in, in its mission. And so for me to be here with you all today is such an honor because I have so much respect for the work that you do and what you represent. Um, and just to, you know, at the end of this podcast, I would share with you these five points. Medicine is, can keep you alive, but it doesn't promote your health. So you need to be proactive about it. Decrease the portion size, uh, you know, get rid of the excess in your life. Don't eat so much food, but also don't carry that emotional baggage. Get rid of that excess. And the key to that is working in the area of forgiveness. I'm reading a, another book on forgiveness, and I would just say read about forgiveness because when you forgive others, you're not letting them off the hook. You're letting yourself off the hook because that is excess baggage you should not carry around anymore. And then the connections, even if it's by Zoom call, keep connected to your friends, to your family, and more than anything to the Lord. That will help lower the anxiety and the depression in your life, and that will help then take a load off your immune system. Healing foods. Don't go for the second plate of pasta. Go for a plate of broccoli. You know, your wife got it right. Broccoli is part of the cruciferous family of foods, and cruciferous comes from the word the cross, and life it comes you know through the cross, but cruciferous foods are loaded with sulfates and polyphenols that combat cancer and inflammation. So going for that broccoli is so important. So go for the foods the way God made them. Eat God-made more than man-made foods. I love God-made foods. You can go into an apple orchard and pull an apple Maybe that's not the right example. Garden of Eden, it was the apple of the problem. Okay, you go into a peach, go into a peach orchard, you pull the peach. What do you have to do to that? What do you have to do to the peach to make it delicious? Nothing. It's a complete food. 
the skin, everything. It has the enzymes, the, the vitamins, the minerals. That's the way God gave it to us. We don't have to do anything to improve on God-made food. And uh, the last thing I would say is be active, especially during the pandemic. Lots of breeze, right? You don't want to be closed in all the time. You want to be where there's air circulating. This is such a great time to go out for walks, uh, you know, and hiking and walks on the beach and things like that. Be active. So I'd appreciate it. If you'd visit my uh, website, healthylonglife.com, because we have resources for you on your pursuit of health. And God bless you so much. Well, Daniel, thank you once again for joining us today. It was our honor and privilege, and we would encourage our listeners to take a few moments. Jeff, I'm thinking this weekend uh, I'm going to binge this. I'm going to put aside my binging on King of the Hill uh, that I've been going through. Uh, <laughs> Because I, you know, Daniel, if, if you picked up on anything, I, I believe in laughter and I believe in, you know, making sure yes. that, you know, we get those endorphins going. Uh, but uh, I know my wife and I myself will take some moments and look at your your uh, healthy long life uh, streaming on Apple TV Plus and on Amazon Prime. Also, you can go to healthylonglife.com and there you can find more information, free samples of and other uh, things that will help you. Uh, Daniel, you'll, you'll know that we're really committed to the well-being of our listeners and our readers of The War Cry, and you've, you've touched on so many different things that we, uh, Jeff and I, have, have in the last uh, couple of years we've been working on uh, creating space in people's life in order for them to, you know, rest and, and to be able to be, able to be uh, equipped for the battle, you know, in so many different ways. But you've been very pragmatic, and we wish you all the best uh, for you and your family and for uh, what you continue to do for the kingdom of God and for the, the health and well-being of uh, the citizens on this beautiful planet that God has given us in these moments. So thank you once again. I love that. Thank you. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to your podcast at. And don't forget to follow The War Cry and Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can read The War Cry now at www.thewarcry.org and also Peer Magazine at www.peermag.org. Until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.